Hello, welcome to another episode of Tea and Pepper Soup, the podcast. My name is Moyasu Banyo Ife. Today I will be talking about purpose. Yes, purpose. The thing that sometimes takes people centuries, years to get to, to figure out, to align with. Yes, today I wanted to talk about purpose. Why do I want to talk about purpose today? Because the earlier podcast this week, this month, we talked about vision and goals. And I started to realize how could we talk about visions and goals if we don't talk about purpose? So that was your tea and this is your pepper soup. Purpose is the very thing you are called to do on earth. It is your divine calling. Many times, so many of us can be so confused about what we're doing here. I don't know about you, but there's times and there have been times when I question, what exactly am I here for? Am I doing what God has called me to do? So there are times where we spend a lot of time either doing the wrong thing or delaying that thing that God has placed on our hearts to do. The last podcast, we discussed goal setting and envisioning our lives. And purpose is so important in in alignment with your goals. If you aren't clear on your purpose, it can become very difficult for you to achieve what you are called to do. So today I wanted to provide some short stories and some practical steps of how I got to what I envision at this point, my calling and my purpose for working with communities of women and girls. You see, at a young age, I had a heart to serve. I remember one of the toys that my parents gave me was a full-on doctor kit, a doctor set. And for the longest, I thought I was going to be a doctor. You couldn't tell me anything. And typical African family, you're either a doctor, you're either a lawyer, you're either an accountant, and anything else really doesn't exist. But I remember just having a heart for people. I remember having a heart to serve. You know, about, I think it's almost been about 15 years, Sierra Leone experienced a civil war. But when the war started in Sierra Leone, where I'm originally from, when the war started in Sierra Leone, it started in some of the provin- provincial areas, so not in the capital cities. And one of the first areas that was hit was my father's hometown, which is called Kailaun. And because Kailaun is on the border of the Sierra Leone and Liberia border, Liberia had already been um, experiencing civil conflict. And so there were some very blurred lines between both countries. And uh, being that Kailan was on the border of Liberia, some of those uh, conflict tensions spilled over to Kailan at some point. My father's family, extended family, were the first people who experienced the civil war in Sierra Leone. And in general, that community, that area of people, people from Kailan. And so at a certain point, my father's family, his mother, his cousins, you can imagine, the entire extended family came into the city, you know, because the war got really bad in that area. And so my father sent for them to come into the city to live with us. So when my extended family moved in with us, it was quite the adjustment. There were cousins who I had never met, but in a typical African home, you extend your love to anyone that is considered family. So there were some cousins who came who were much younger than me. I want to say they were probably about five to six. At that time, I was about 
10, 9, 10. And I took it upon myself because they had moved to the city. They only spoke my father's native tongue, which is Mende. And I realized that if they needed to survive and they needed to go to school, they needed to at least learn basic English. So guess what? At a very young age, I think I was about nine, I decided to start a school. I remember the name of the school. We even had a school song, y'all. And I started to run this school for them where I would teach them basic English, basic spelling things that they needed to know. And believe me when I tell you this, I think within a year's time, they were ready for um, primary school. And they were speaking basic English. And I remember how much I enjoyed teaching them, how much I enjoyed teaching them the school song, how much I built school culture with like four little cousins that became what I would call my students within this makeshift school. The reason why I'm telling this story is these are some of the things sometimes that God reminds me of how young I was and how much I always had a heart for building communities and building things for people to thrive. But the pivotal moment for me was one day when I relocated to the United States with my family because the war got, you know, progressively worse and my family had to leave the country um, and we relocated to the United States. Some of the first work experiences I had in the U.S. were work experiences of serving. I remember my very first volunteer experience was at um, a retirement elderly um, community where I would go and read with um, elderly persons, spend time with them, talk to them. But there was one particular instance I had that just changed my entire outlook on life. I was spending time with a 92-year-old woman who was a genocide survivor. And she was telling me about her experiences in the war. And I was telling her about my experiences in, in the war. Very completely, totally different experiences, but similar pain, uh, similar struggles, um, similar family breakdowns, right? Um, and so at some point we were talking and I was encouraging her and listening to her and really listening to her. And at some point she said to me, you know what, Moyatu, you know what you have? She said, you have the human touch. Never lose it and pay close attention to it. That changed my entire life. Because here was somebody who saw the light in me, who saw what I had been called to do. And God used her at that point to bring it out. I think I was about 13. or Yeah, I think I was about 13 because I was 12 when I came to the U.S. I was about 13, 14 when I volunteered there. And after that, there were so many times I either volunteered to work at a summer camp. I was always doing something creative where I was building communities or volunteering to serve people, etc. So I even went through high school serving in different roles as a volunteer. And when I was in college, a more creative side kind of started to come out. I learned that I was someone who liked to build things from scratch and I was called to build things from scratch. What do I mean by that? When I got to college, I joined what most African students usually do, especially when you live in a, a predominantly white suburban county, city, etc. When you go to a big college, you kind of gravitate towards community. And I gravitated towards the African student organization on campus. And 
whilst I was part of the African student organization, I started to hear things about um, a particular dance troupe that I had started a couple of years before myself and some of my peers getting to the college, but the dance troupe was no longer um, running and they needed it to start running again. I said, well, let's just start. And so myself and a couple of my peers started to run what became basically the dance troupe for the African student organization. While I was there, I was so dedicated to this particular um, organization that I not only stayed and helped to create routine, but I helped to build systems within the dance troupe, things like who was the lead, things like uniforms for us to dance, things like the type of songs, things like doing community engagements outside of just within the campus. All of those things happened under my leadership. And I didn't understand even the impact of my time while I was with the dance troupe until I left and realized 10 years later from college, it is still thriving. And the systems that I put in place while I was there still exist. Like the women uh, consider themselves sisters. We had a lot of sisterhood bonding that we would do even outside of the dance troupe. We, we would come up with outfits. That was the first time when I was there, we came up with real outfits for the dance troupe. Uh, we would dance to different types of music that people were not used to hearing. It was our way to educate people about Africa, from sukus to makosa to hip life to Afrobeats to anything you can think of, you know, koito music. Like, we just went above and beyond to make sure that we were telling the African story from a different perspective. So my heart for Africa really has always been there, but I would say some of the pivotal years for me started in uni. So you see how slowly I started to unveil and unwrap my purpose. When I got to graduate school, I went to Senegal for a conference. And it was a conference I was selected to attend with over, I believe, 60 African women activists from across the diaspora and the African continent. And that was one of the first times I wrote an article about the importance of us in the diaspora going back home to revive home and so being in the space with african women mostly african women i just got so much energy and zest and ginger that when i left that space i realized that that was a space that i always wanted to be a part of there was something about it that reawakened my spirit in a way that i can't explain but i just know that i was never drained when i left that space or when i was in that space so i knew that was a space for me right so even when I continued, I went on after I graduated, got my master's um, at Columbia, I graduated. I worked for a program within the New York City Department of Ed that worked with pregnant and parenting students, mostly young girls, you know, helping them to stay on track to graduation. You know, when I got that opportunity, it was a brand new job. It was a brand new department. Once again, the trend of me building things came in. And honestly, this trend has continued in my life from my non-for-profit uh, Girls Empowerment Sierra Leone to uh, my media platform, Women Change Africa, to my decade plus years of experience in working as a gender development specialist and communication specialist, I have constantly been called to serve and to build things to serve others. So my love for women's and girls' rights comes easy to me because I noticed, as I said, that when I was in spaces working with women and girls, there was a certain radiance that came out of me and satisfaction I got from the work that I don't get from anything else. 
I learned that I enjoyed to help people realize what their true potential was, particularly as it related to women and girls communities. So my purpose to really unleash the destinies of women and girls through my work has been something that has been happening since I could remember. So I wanted to share this because I, I want to take some time to really share with you all some things to consider really when you are thinking of your purpose. The first thing is that purpose is not something we seek after. And this was a concept that had to really shift a lot of my perspective because if you're seeking and going after something, there is effort that is going into that that needs to be redirected in a way where you got to let things flow. If something is for you, it's for you, it's for you, it's for you, right? So the idea isn't to seek your purpose. The idea is to pray about your purpose. The idea is to serve until your purpose is unveiled to you, right? So how do people align with their purpose? How do people know, yes, I am walking in purpose? How do people know this? Number one, purpose is service. Purpose is service. Service is connected to your passion. What is it that drives you? What is it that you can do for free without getting paid? What is it that keeps you up at night? That is your passion. Now, find something that you like to do for free that serves people and do it over and over and over and over and over again. Volunteer, take opportunities, do things. And use that gift, whatever it is that God has blessed you with, coupled with that passion, that thing that you enjoy to do, use it, use it. The more you serve, the more God will reveal to you what you've been called for. And your purpose comes easy to you. It is so mundane that you have to connect the dots to really understand clearly what you have been called to do. And what you have been called to do is not a job. What you've been called to do is not a career. What you've been called to do is a particular thing that is supposed to change certain things in the world. Okay? So think of an organization or community that you would want to serve in, that you would want to commit your time to, and make it happen. Prayer aligns you to your purpose. Prayer aligns you to your purpose. You all know I am a woman of faith. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in God. And so my life is ordered by God. My steps are ordered by God. The Bible says the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. This operates in everything that I do, in my work, in my relationships, in my service, everything that I do, prayer guides it. So let prayer guide you to align you to your purpose. Pray about it. Say, God, I have no idea what you have called me here to do. Reveal it to me. Show it to me. Send people who can release this word to me so I can understand. Give me confirmation upon confirmation. What do I mean by confirmation? I mean that there are times when you will get signs of things once, but sometimes when you get it over and over and over and over, that's confirmation from God, right? So one of the other things I like to say is service is a form of prayer. Service is a form of prayer. So when you serve, the more you serve, the more God shows up because he sees your heart. And God always looks at the heart of his children to see that what you're doing is really aligned 
with what he has called you to do. And you're not doing it for self-gratification and you're not doing it for self-promotion. You know, we live in a world where everyone is so much focused on like being seen. And I want you all to hear me on this. Everyone is so focused on being seen. Everyone is so focused on instant gratification, you know, seeing the results of things immediately. Everyone is so focused on how they look to others versus how God sees them. You see, every time there's a disconnect between you being worried about how others see you versus you being worried about how God sees you, you will always shift away from your purpose. So I didn't even plan to say this in this podcast, but you got to see yourself how God sees you. Because when you see yourself how God sees you, that is the highest, most expression of who you've been called to be. If God sees you as a giver, then God will create in you the highest form of what giving looks like here on this earth to bless other people. If God sees you as a builder, then God will create you into being the highest form of expression of what a builder is here on this earth. But you got to see yourself how God sees you, right? And service is a form of prayer. And service is one of those ways that you're able to really step out of yourself, not worry about yourself, and just do things from your heart. So serve. Sometimes even if you don't know what your purpose is, even if maybe you're not clear on like what gets you excited, if there's something you just enjoy doing, just volunteer for an organization. Pick an organization and just go and serve. Give yourself some time. Don't expect anything. Just do it. And trust that God will show you what you have been called to do. The third thing is purpose is value. Think of the things that people come to you for. I always say this. What are the things that people come to you for that you get done easily? Do people come to you for inspiration? Do they come to you for encouragement? Do they come to you to help them build things? Do they come to you to help them figure things out? Then you're somebody who provides clarity. Do they come to you to help them make things pretty? Maybe you're somebody who's really good at creativity. What do people come to you for all the time? Pay attention. Pay attention to your friends, the things that they reach out to you to ask you about. Pay attention to your coworkers. Log these things down. Log them down, literally. When people call you and say, hey, I have a favor to ask you, say, hey, what's up? Find out what it is that's happening in the conversation and pay close attention to it. If you provide something to somebody and the response is positive, that is your value. I'm going to say it again. Let's say somebody comes to you and every single time people are down, people are frustrated, they come to you to help them solve their problems. There is a gift of problem solving in you. If people come to you and they're down and, and you encourage them and they give you feedback and say, thank you so much, like you always have the right words to say to encourage me. You have the gift of encouraging. Not everybody has this gift. So purpose is value. So think about the gifts that God has called you and given to you already, right? So remember, purpose is service. Prayer brings you to purpose. Purpose is value. Thinking of the things that people come to you for, right? Number four, purpose is greater than profit. What you can do 
for free just because what can you do for free because you enjoy it so much we live in a culture where people are so quick on money 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 that they always miss their purpose if you are in purpose and you do what you've been called to do the money will come but what happens is we we put the i don't know what they say the horse before the cart or the cart before the horse whatever if you go after money before going after your purpose, you will always miss what you've been called to do. I'm going to say it again. If you go after money instead of going after your purpose, you will always miss what you've been called to do. So it's important to think about that, right? I say that purpose is greater than profit because when you're working on your purpose, you always put profit as a secondary thing it is not a premise of what you do yes you can profit from your purpose right god has called us to live in the fullness of who he has called us to be so it will ultimately come right but profit shouldn't be your first thing it shouldn't you know for me my values are very different so i watch people who i work with i watch people who i align with if I notice that your value, you know, your values are very much so based on this concept of like profit, 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 money, 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 we can't work together. Because for me, as a business person, I know that money will come, but money is not my first priority. Solving issues is my first priority. Building communities is my first priority. Telling stories is my first priority. Yes, the money will come when you structure up, when you do what you're supposed to do. But when your heart is in the right place, the money will come. The worst thing is to make money for something that brings you no joy. The worst thing is to make money for something that brings you no joy. There's no fun in it. There's a lot of millionaires out there, but they're not sleeping well at night. There's a lot of billionaires out there, but they're, they're suffering from anxiety and depression because they're not doing what they're being called to do. They're doing things to satisfy their flesh. They're doing things to satisfy their egos. They're doing things to satisfy their pride. So every time you do things and you discount the purpose and the call that God has called you to do, you will always suffer the consequences internally. And for me, I always say, me, I like to sleep at night. I like to know that what I'm doing is making a difference. And that's what it comes down to for me. You know, with my work with, you know, Women Change Africa and recently my communications from WCA Creatives, all of this came out of just my love for telling stories. I would always tell stories about African women who I would meet anywhere and I would come back and tell those stories to my friends. And I realized in 2011, 2012 that there was no such space. And I remember talking to a friend of mine and I was like, you know what, there's no space that talks about like, African women own like businesses or organizations or just like amazing things they're doing. She's like, well, why don't you just start it? I said, you know what? That's so true. And I just started to tell stories. And I can remember how far back in my life I have been telling stories about life. I mean, I've been writing since I could remember. I've been in theater since I could remember as a kid. So these things have always been a part of my life. I have enjoyed to tell stories. I have enjoyed to give platforms to share the experiences of others. And it permeates throughout everything that I do. Um, two years ago, I was working in um, 
a rural community in Sierra Leone with women farmers. I was gathering their perceptions around what empowerment looked like for them. You know, what made them happy? What made them feel like they were getting equal resources as their partners in communities? That was storytelling. That was story gathering, you know? So that's another thing that like brings my spirit and soul alive that I do. And I did it with WCA, Women Change Africa for years. And I did it for free for years. I was just literally writing stories and curating. It wasn't until I would say year four or five that I started to see like, you know, partnerships, opportunities, you know, and things like that. And from Women Change Africa, WCA creatives came out of Women Change Africa because I realized that, yes, I was telling the stories of African women. Yes, I had this platform that was telling these amazing stories and beyond even Women Change Africa, building partnerships with other media platforms to tell their stories. But how about also helping them to have tools to tell their own stories, which is where WCA Creatives came from. WCA Creatives serves as kind of the platform, um, the company that helps give the tools for women to brand out their businesses, for women to fully tell their story, right? So all of this came from a yearning and a passion to tell. So now I have clients, now I make money, right? Like, but it started with this passion and yearning to tell stories <clears throat> and that still is what it is and and so since then we've told so many stories across so many platforms and in so many digital ways and offline you know kind of hosting our first event in Sierra Leone um the build pop-up brunch you know so these things come from the stem of it the root of it I would say comes from your purpose when you have your purpose right the money will come, you know? So that's what I wanted to share. So I want to talk about like, how do you ensure that once you get close to your purpose, you stay on purpose? You know, staying on purpose is so critical and so important. You know, it's one thing to once you find your purpose and it's another thing to stay on purpose because there's so many distractions in this space. I mean, if you go in the digital space itself, you will see so many things that can distract you easily. You know, you'll see so much photocopying happening in the digital space where people are literally jacking ideas day in and day out. And you always know you're not on purpose, right? If you're on purpose, first of all, God will always speak to you about ideas that you need to implement that no one is implementing because everybody has a different call on their life. Everybody has a different purpose in their life. Everybody has a different DNA, right? So how do you ensure that you are actually staying on purpose? Number one, don't listen to people's reality. Zone out the noise. I always say this. It is literally one of my number one go-to things. Like zone out the noise. Don't listen to people's reality. Yes, take advice, but take advice and always listen to your spirit, which some people call your gut, but faith-based people call your spirit. Listen to your spirit. Um, don't be dissuaded by people's opinions. If you feel right in your spirit about something, do it. That keeps you on purpose. So you got to develop a strong um, relationship with your spirit so that you know what is right and what is wrong. Um, number two, the more you do, the clearer your purpose gets, right? So continue to do, right? You don't always have to have anything figured out. 
I always meet a lot of young women who, when they're starting out, you know, their ventures and things like that. Oh, I got to make sure, you know, the website is done. I got to make sure my photos are done. I got to make sure my logo's done. I got to make sure this is that. It's just like, by the time you're doing all that, you've wasted a whole year, two years that you are supposed to be impacting people's lives. I always tell people this. There is somebody who is waiting for your gift. So every time you delay, you are doing a disservice to the gift that God has given you. You just got to jump and figure it out as you go. That is my MO on things. Yes, get your basic structures in place. Absolutely, right? Get that business plan in place. Get those foundations right. But like everything doesn't have to be 150% perfect because perfection will kill your dreams, right? The obsession to be perfect will kill and delay the unleashing of your purpose. I'm going to say it again. The obsession to be perfect will consistently delay the unleashing of your purpose. So remember, the more you do, the clearer your purpose gets. So the less you do, the more you stay in, in a place where you're not clearing your purpose. So just do, just do, just start and continue and be consistent. Okay. So you do yourself a service by saying yes to the right things and saying no to the wrong things, right? So know how to say no when you are on purpose and know how to like navigate that. You don't have to take on everything. You don't have to be aligned with every project. You don't have to be at every conference. You don't have to apply to every fellowship. Know when is the right and wrong time to take on things on your lap, right? When you key to your purpose, you have a fine idea of what you are supposed to be doing, right? So when you're on purpose, once you key into your purpose, you have a fine idea of what you're supposed to be doing. And that thing is what you stick to. If anything else outside of that thing comes your way, you just have to say no and you have to keep pressing because that is how you reach the accomplishment of the assignments that God has for you. If you stopped every time there was a distraction for your purpose, you would lose steam and you can ultimately not fulfill what you have been called here to do. And I tell people like, I don't know who gave people this crazy notion that you are here to literally just live life and live it up and enjoy your life. Yes, you're here to enjoy the fullness of the earth and what God has given you. But your number one reason for being here is to serve people. Your number one reason for being here is to do what God has called you to do here on this earth. So it is always a, a shame when I see young people and they have absolutely no idea what they are here to do. Or when I ask young people, okay, what kind of opportunity you want? And they tell me anything. I'm like, don't tell me anything, right? Because if you tell God anything, you're telling him you don't value the beautiful creation creation he has created in you. It's like a slap in God's face to basically say anything. I'll take anything. No, you won't take anything because there's a specific design path for you, right? So the other thing is purpose is about changing lives. And when you're on purpose, you have to keep that in mind. I am changing lives. I am changing lives. I am changing communities. I tell myself this all the time. It's not easy to walk in purpose. I have to tell you this because there are people who will test you. There are people who will say things negatively about you while you're on purpose. There are people who will copy what you're doing, which is a disservice to them because 
you know, everyone has their own path. So if you're following my path, it's problematic because you're going to get lost because it's not your path. It's like somebody walking down a path, right? And I believe strongly that everyone is called to blaze trails. I believe I'm a trailblazer. I believe that I create new things that haven't existed simply because that is what I've been called to do. When you've been called to do something, it is not something that's already being done. It is a specific need that God needs you to fill. So it looks to people who are used to following paths that you are trailblazing, but really everyone has been called to blaze a specific trail. It's just about you taking the time to figure it out, right? So you're changing lives. Every day I know I am changing lives of girls in Sierra Leone. Every day I know I have impacted lives of so many women across the African continent and in the diaspora because God has blessed me to do this work with women and with girls, right? Um, from the boards I sit on to the organizations I serve to my business that I run, I know that is my call. My call is to build, my call is to serve, my call is to unleash destinies, and my call is to help people fulfill purpose, right? So the other thing I want to share is that your purpose is bigger than you. Your purpose is not about you. And the moment you start to make things about you, you're going to stray off your purpose. So remember, when you are on path with your purpose, remember and keep this thing in mind. It is greater than you. It is greater than you. It is bigger than you. First people, right? You're serving people. You're serving God. You're serving. You're here to serve. You're not here to serve yourself. No. Every time you shift the focus to serve yourself, when you are on purpose, you will lose focus of your purpose. You will lose focus, right? Sometimes it gets tough because you're like, oh man, like what's going on? Like I have been called to help others. So there's time I am constantly giving, giving, giving. And sometimes I get drained and I get tired. And that's when I have to really rest on God and pray for God to strengthen me for what he has called me to do. Right? So everything in life is worth taking the risk because God has already released a net to catch you when you jump. That's one of the things I wanted to share. Everything in life is worth taking the risk because God has already released a net to catch you. You know, when you are on purpose, there are certain risks you're going to have to take, right? There's certain jumps you're going to have to make in order to see the full manifestation of your destiny, right? Some of the benefits of walking in your purpose. Number one, you impact lives. You serve others. You serve communities. You fulfill what you've been called to do. Number two, when you are in purpose, when you are walking in your purpose, you accomplish the things you have been called to do. And that's a big benefit for why you are here on earth, because with that comes fulfillment. Then the self part comes in because you feel a certain way when you're on purpose. It's hard to explain, but you feel literally full in your spirit. You feel excited. You feel like you can do it over and over and over and over and over. Sometimes I'll talk about my work. People have to tell me to be quiet. <laughs> you know, like people have to tell me, okay, like, okay, girl, we're having dinner. Or okay, girl, we're having lunch. Because that's what brings my spirit alive. You know, so your purpose is that thing that brings your spirit alive. Your purpose is that thing that you will take a risk for because you know that God has already created a net for you to jump in, right? So today I wanted to leave you all with that. I wanted to you know, talk through, you know, really 
why it's important to be on purpose, why it's important to find your purpose, why it's important to never, you know, listen to contrary voices when you're on on purpose and only listen to the voice of God and what God is telling you to do, what path you're trying to take. People will always have opinions about the path you're supposed to be on. But the only opinion that matters is the opinion of God. Because God is the holder of the purpose, right? He has imparted that into you. So why waste your time asking anybody else questions when God is the one who has called you to serve people? God is the one who has called you to build communities. God is the one who has called you to do whatever it is he's called you to do. There are people who have been called to clean like to make sure things are clean that is just their call right whether it's to clean a car whether it's to clean a house whether it's to clean a window whether it's whatever it is their call is just to make things that are dirty to make them clean that is a big call because we all need clean environments there are people who have been called to encourage people that's what they've been called to do so in your workplace, you're encouraging people. In your business, you're encouraging people. In your marriage, you're encouraging people. In your friendships, you're encouraging people. Your purpose is something that will overflow in every area of your life, right? And if you look at the trends, as I was saying, if you look at the trends across your life, you will see the dots that clearly connect to what is your purpose. So I wanted to leave you all with that today. As we step into kind of the next uh month of, of the year, you know, as we walk into the next month, it's important because I think there's so much emphasis around goals, 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 vision planning, vision planning, vision planning. And it's like, no, the first thing you need to know is actually what you're here to do. Right. So I hope you enjoyed this time. I did. I love talking about this stuff and you can always reach out. I have, you know, various ways that I work with women and help them kind of achieve their purpose, you know, whether it's through WCA creatives or whether it's through kind of my one-on-one non-for-profit um, coaching, um, there's ways that I help people really think through where they are in their purpose. So don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, Tea and Pepper Soup, leave your comments, tell your friends, tell your friends' friends, and share this message with them because I think there are a lot of people who struggle so much with this concept of purpose that need to hear this at this season. So thank you for listening again on this episode of Tea and Pepper Soup. What is my purpose and how do I get there? Thank you.